Tommy here. Podcast episode number three, 6 a.m. run here with Doug Adams, Omega Project. How are you doing today? Good, Tommy. How are you? I am running around like crazy, but also I know you are, so we had to do this podcast here early in the morning. So by the way, thank you so much for making, I know how busy you are making the time for us. Tell me, I mean, I know the story. That's why we have you on the show today. Get right into it. I mean, from high school on, can you tell us about yourself and then get into why we're here at Omega Project? Yeah, so uh, Delawarean, born and raised here, started uh, about high school start, went to St. Mark's mm-hmm. and was a runner there, swimmer, and then went on, started triathlons in high school. And that's where I kind of found my love for physical therapy. I'm a physical therapist, started with some shin splints and stress fractures in high school and got introduced to the field and uh, continued on, went to Auburn University down in Alabama, did my undergrad in exercise science. And then went to University of Delaware for physical therapy school. So I did get out of Delaware for a little bit, but it drew me right back. And then after that, I did my doctorate at Delaware and then went on and did a sports residency with Delaware as well. And then I've been practicing in the field and running has always been a big passion of mine and, and something I've continued. I do some research. I started doing gait analysis with Irene Davis and Rich Willie back when they were both at University of Delaware. So I uh, got a lot of great mentorship and was very lucky to learn from them, continued on. And then doing some of my own research, we started doing some 3D analysis stuff and decided I could really benefit from using that in the clinic. So developed a 3D motion analysis system. And then in September of 2018, launched our own uh, running endurance specialty clinic focused on doing 3D motion analysis and, and treating the, the endurance athlete, the runner, the triathlete, you know, making sure that we gave them the best care that we could. Now, and for people, because a lot of our customers, it's funny, uh, Delaware is our smallest customer base, but a lot of our customers are more national. You coming from St. Mark's, mm-hmm. people, people who are out of state don't know, you went to a powerhouse high school when you think of sports and think of athleticism. So you of anyone know how important competition is. Our runners, I know, know that too. Yeah. Every minute it's. Oh, yeah. So you came from that. That's what I love when I know St. Mark's and Sally's. I think the Catholic schools here are so competitive. Um, And that's not only the education and the Catholicism, Uh, but I feel like, and you know this, so you came from that background. So it kind of leads, it makes sense Mm -hmm. when you get to where you are now, you know, the competitiveness nature, because that's. You know, you said, I don't know many high school kids that were like, I'm going to do a triathlon. You know what I mean? It's not part of their ammo, right? Yeah. How often do you see that? I mean, what do you see? Is it more, we'll get into more of the Omega Project, but when you say that, is it more people that want improvement or is it more people hurt? Is it both? We see a, a little bit of both. My opinion, one of the best ways to get faster at running is to be consistent mm-hmm. with your running. And people that are riddled by injuries, they're often not reaching their full potential. Mm-hmm. And we we really talk about that a lot. It's, hey, no single workout is worth showing up to a race not healthy. Right. So a lot of people we do have that they've maybe been tired of having the same injuries over and over again. But we're also seeing now a, a larger percentage that now that people know that these services are available, because a lot of times you couldn't get a 3D motion analysis as just a age group type runner or triathlete, it was only reserved for the professionals. Now this is something that you can do and you can really understand what your form looks like, understand how you can be your most efficient at your running form, which offers huge performance advantages. And then talk about that. So let's, and and please tell me how you kind of want to navigate through it. So I definitely want to talk about the 3D analysis, Mm -hmm. but definitely we pre-spoke about a lot of stuff. Tell me, I mean, 
this is where runners are coming because it's preventative and they come to you because they want to stay healthy as well too. Yes. And maybe talk about that as well. It's more of a, it can be, not not it is, it can be a very preventative thing too, right? Right. So this is a debate in the running research world, right? If you see something, but they're not injured, would you fix it? Right. And my answer would be absolutely. There's this concept we talk about, everyone has this running capacity. So we have this ability to run. And I think of it like a bucket. Mm -hmm. The size of your bucket is determined by things like your strength, your flexibility, your lifestyle, and your running form. And how much you pour by running into that bucket um, is determined by how frequently, how fast you're running, those things. If you don't want your bucket to overfill, you can either work on making your bucket larger or you can focus on how quickly you're pouring it in. But most people don't want to limit how much they're participating in running. So if you focus on your form, if you focus on your mobility, if you focus on your strength, motor control, you can make your bucket bigger and then you can run more. So people are coming to us to understand, hey, I'm tired of these same injuries or I'm tired of running the same speeds and we can help guide them about what to really focus on because there's so many things out there. And if you know what is important for you, that makes a big difference as opposed to just what the latest article said. And it's more specific and tailored to what you need. And you equated that last time we talked, if you can say, and I want you to say it, we talked about, you know, a basketball player has practiced five times Mm -hmm. before a game. Right. Can you kind of get, I love, that's the example because you and I are a little different. You, I feel like have been running. I'm, we talked about it before we started recording the 25 mid 20 guy that said I'm done sports and started running because that was the thing I could do well Mm -hmm. at that moment. Can you talk about the practice example you always use? Because I I love that more than anything, because I relate to that more. Yeah. So any sport, they practice, right? So if you're a baseball player, you're practicing how you throw, you work on your mechanics. If a pitcher has poor mechanics, you're going to change that. You're going to get a trainer. Yep. You're going to work on those things. But all we do with runners is play, right? Right. We play our sport. We run. And then we run some more. And then we run some more. But I really think it's important that we practice what we do and we should understand what our form is. We should work on that. And it's challenging because running happens very fast and we can't always self-identify what we need to do. If you miss a basket, you know something's going wrong. If you go for a run, you don't know if you're necessarily doing that incorrectly or not. Mm -hmm. And that's where you need some guidance and some mentorship about how to do that and how to focus on, I should work on this strength or this flexibility, or I should work on my form, or this would really help me with that. And if there is one exercise outside of just the running, what should mm-hmm. it be that a runner should do? Mm, yeah. So this is a fun question. I think that if there is one exercise every single runner should do, no matter what, it's actually working on calf strength. One muscle in your calf, your soleus, is responsible for 50% of the work to keep you upright when you run. Okay. So if every runner were to be able to do that across the lifespan too, like having better calf strength, it's going to help you with your running economy. We've seen that in studies, but it's also at you know later stages of your running career. It can really help you avoid some of the changes in your running form that we see pretty characteristic. So that's, that's probably the most just doing, I do them, uh, you're listening to podcasts, you can't really see, but I don't have a lot of hair on the top of my head anymore. So in the shower is a great chance for me to do some calf raises and spend a little extra time with the hot water on. So that's a great, easy way to integrate an exercise that's really beneficial. Yeah, no, and, and it's, it's something I, I learned. We talked about myself because yeah. I have gone to, for my calves. Yeah. Um, two things I personally want to ask just on a personal note, and I, I'm hoping listeners want to know that too. One of my debates with my friends, I have friends who, you know, I know you did triathlons, they do CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I never, growing up. I never forget my dad told me this. So it's kind of one of those things that your parents tell you. So you kind of 
go with their opinion. My dad always had told me in sports, don't so much worry about your legs. They're already the strongest part of your body because you walk on them. It's because if you walked on your arms, your arms would be jacked, right? right? So I never focused on my legs. I never did CrossFit, things like that. My thing, and maybe you can attest to this, if this is myth or, or fact, I feel like sometimes CrossFit and some of those pressures you put on your knees, I've always felt one of the reasons at 40, I'll be 40 this year, yeah. that I'm so good is I never put that kind of burden on my knees. Is that fact or fiction? So there's a couple of things. So there's a bunch of studies that show running doesn't increase strength. Mm -hmm. You don't get any stronger in your legs okay. by just running, okay. which means that strength training is actually really important for runners. Okay. And there's a shift right now and actually high weight, low repetition. Okay. Now, you don't want to start with that. You right. need to get accustomed to doing some weightlifting, but working up to the point where you can do these high weight, low repetition actually is very beneficial for runners. Okay. And the reason that is, is we used to think of functional strength as if it looks like the sport, it's functional. Okay. So runners would do three sets of 15 squats with 10 pounds weights in their hands. But my reflection is, well, what are your, when you run, it's three to five times your body weight and you're doing single leg squats. So how is that going to help you with your running? Mm -hmm. So you need the high weight activities okay. because that replicates the forces of what you do when you run. So if you come to Omega Project, you'll see that we have a knee extension machine. That's the only piece of like traditional gym yeah. equipment that we have. Yes. And that's because there's no other way to really train your quadriceps, which are a big part of breaking and absorbing forces. There's no other way that we've seen that is a great way that you can replicate those forces with runners. Yeah. And to that, so, and then that helps them and that mm -hmm. strengthens. And, and so, okay, so that, that's something I'm glad. It's, so like I said, it's always awesome to learn as you get yeah. older. And that's, um, you and I talked about it. I don't think I cared so much about my next 40 years when I was 20. Yeah. Now 40, it's like, all right, I need to now worry about ready. you. Like when you're 20, Rob yeah. and I were talking, you feel, I mean, it's crazy, but it's true. You, you feel like you're Superman, right? You, right. Nothing is, you know, the, everything is so easy and it's just eat whatever. Yeah. But now it's like, all right, now I need to figure out how can I keep going. And we talked about the, yeah, but to your point, uh, you were talking about the wear and tear on your body. And there are other types of exercises that you do want to limit some of the wear and tear okay. on the body. So do, and, and all exercises have benefits in certain amounts. So lots of jumping, lots of plyometric activities can be really helpful for runners, but you can't do that all year long. Right. So what you were saying about your knees staying healthy, like there is some truth to what you're saying. And you have to go through different periods of activities throughout the year. If you're just jumping all the time, mm -hmm. it's not going to be good for you. If you're just doing high strength all the time, mm -hmm. it's not going to be good for right. you. Variety is really what the body needs. And, and keeping it different, not mm -hmm. doing the same things. Awesome. Let's get into a little bit and why we're here. Let's get a little bit into this gate analysis all the times runners come up to us and we talk to them at the marathons and online, it's about improving their time and it's about getting better. And, you know, one of our things and a lot of our testimonies is running longer, further, faster, better. That's what runners want. And that's why I think 6am has gotten where it's gotten. But your invention of sorts and program in, in terms of invention, yeah. it's awesome. Can we get in the gate analysis? Omega Project, if, correct me if I'm wrong, has also really centered itself around gate analysis. Mm -hmm and this running community. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, this is one of the things we kind of alluded to it earlier that before the only people that could get a 3D analysis, which is the gold standard when we run, we run in three dimensions. Mm -hmm. So there's limited things that you can see, even if you use slow motion cameras, 
uh, 2D cameras, it's hard to get all the information at the same time. So we really want to say, and when I was doing research, it was like, man, I, I would see these runners doing things. It's like, oh, we need to fix that. I couldn't see that with my eyes. Right. Your eyes only see about 13 frames okay. per second. Okay. These cameras see 100 plus frames yeah. per second. So it's really helpful just to slow things down. But if you can slow things down and get it in 3D, that makes a big difference. So it's really been a great way. And we have focused around this because it's a, a unique service. I know we're really around here offering the 3D, even really along the East Coast. So this is a great opportunity to give people the information that's going to help them out. Yeah, I always try not to talk so much about it, but we kind of have to. When I started 6AM, I feel like the running community, a lot of products are not made with the intent to help runners, mm -hmm. but there's 64 million active runners in the country. Yeah. And of those, I believe, and I don't, I don't know if the word is professional, but of those 64 million, well, 64 million daily runners yeah. is what I should say. And of that 64 million, when we did our research, 17 million of those are the weekend warriors yeah. who every weekend are looking for, even if it's a charity, but they're looking yeah. for a 5k, they're looking for something. Yeah. So that's a major group of Americans who are, I feel, and I think you're attesting to this, they're neglected. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that there could be a lot of services and people understanding. A lot of the feedback we get when people come see us is that they're really happy to see a place that understands their mindset, yeah. that understands that they don't want to stop running. What can they do to modify their running or stay healthy? And if you can address that, I think that makes a big difference because it's a very unique breed of, of yeah. people, of runners that have needs and demands. And if you can understand that, and if we can take our experience and say, hey, we've seen people do this and that hasn't turned out so well, let's try this. And maybe that's going to get you the results that you want. Yeah. And what I love about this place, and you guys will see the pictures and videos, and Mike and I talked about this on our first podcast, runners, in my opinion, and all through high school, knowing our cross-country team and the distance runners, especially, they, I think social media has changed this a little bit, but they're very introvert. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they want to share certain things in big major group settings. Right. I feel like when they come here, it's very, it's perfect. You have everything you need, yeah. but it's also intimate. In, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? In terms of, okay, I can come in, I can talk to Doug. I can, I can, you know, get that one-on-one. -on -one. Would you, is that kind of what also you like about and why you made it right here? And yeah. So Brianne is the other therapist. She and I, both runners, both active in the running community runners ourselves. And it is a space where it is like a runner's space. We even have, if somebody wants to go for a run, we've got lockers that they can go for a run outside. And, you know, even if they're not coming in for a visit that day, like, yeah, great. There's great running near us, you know, drop on by, yeah. use the foam rollers, whatever you need. Right. But it, it is when we talked about this, uh, when we first met that they're introverted runners a lot of times, but they also really like to share that introversion with other runners. And it's a chance where they can kind of come out yeah. of the yeah. shell yeah. a little bit and share that. And this is a place where it's not a huge group setting, but you can talk with other people that understand it and share what you need. And people understand what's appealing about yeah. running. And then going into the next one, how young should uh, gait analysis be done? How old when, if someone's looking into gait analysis, and mm -hmm. we're going to put, by the way, for everyone out there, I'm going to try to put as much information. You, you sent me a great amount of information on it. We had Rob do it. I'm going to use, we're going to try to get some more footage and do that. When should someone look into gait analysis? 
how many once they did it once when should they do it again please go ahead yeah we do a lot of group screening so once a month we have like a group screen setting where if you're just interested in seeing what your running form looks like whether you're injured or not or looking to improve your performance i think it really is good to have a baseline and understand what your running mechanics mm-hmm. look like and so we do offer those as a lower cost way to, to kind right. of see that and get an understanding of what your form looks like I think people should do it, you know, at a minimum, they could start early. I think it's a great time, even at that seventh, eighth grade, sixth grade, even if you're starting to participate in running, then why not work on the form and why not check those things out? Because if you, it's harder to break a habit than make a habit. Mm -hmm. So if you can focus on that same thing we're talking about basketball, they don't just roll basketballs out and let them play. They teach them skills. They teach them fundamentals early on. And if you're going to start competitive running, you should understand those things. But then, you know, for the typical high school runner, college, recreational runners, I think it's good to get a checkup at least once a year or at the start of any training plan. So if you're about to start a marathon plan, if you start start a half marathon plan, a 5k plan, check your form out because it can change over time and we can see some variation. So check it out. If, you know, something happened, you got stiff here or tight, like make sure that you're not starting off in the hole. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're with good form and doing the things that run practice right. we talked yeah. about. That's a huge advantage to getting the most out of a training plan. Yeah. All that is so great. Again, I'm you probably can tell I'm in such awe when I come here. What makes Omega and, and everything you've created here? Because I think a lot of our runners online always say, and, and this is what I'm learning. Uh, they call them coaches. Yeah. Uh, it's not trainers. You know, mm-hmm. other things you have a trainer, a personal yeah. trainer. A lot of our runners always, when they come to us with questions, even though they came to us with questions, you give them an answer and they're like, I got to check with my coach. Yeah. What makes Omega different? Is it if someone who kind of has that background or anything, is there something that makes Omega different? I I know there is, but if you can tell me that. Yeah, I think it really is centered around the endurance athlete, which is nice. And there's lots of great coaches. There's lots of great personal trainers out there that offer it. A lot of the people that have come to us that they've appreciated that it's kind of all in one because we've done coaching, we've done strength training, mm-hmm. we've, we have the physical therapy side of things. Mm-hmm. So it, it is nice to have a trusted source. And I like the term coach because coach implies like guidance. Right. And it's not just about telling somebody what to do. It's about working together. Right. And I might have 12 exercises that could be really helpful yeah. for you. But we're going to work together and like, you're busy, you know, you've got kids, you've got jobs, you got all these things. And let's figure out the two most important ones. Let's work together. And, and if you want to do all 12, great, we'll teach you that. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you only have time for two or three, we're going to really help you focus on that. So I, I think that we really are focused on providing value to the runners and working together with you to say, hey, what really is going to get you the best results? And even if we can't do that, we're integrated in the running community. So we can say, yeah, you know what? Hey, go talk to the shoe experts. Go talk to the nutrition expert. We can really combine and work together with that. So with the gait analysis too, and I know you and and your partners had coded it, kind of created it for our national audience that would hear this in California. I know you said you were in San Francisco two weekends ago. We couldn't do this a couple weekends ago. And I I love that you're running around, you're pushing the importance of this. And Mm -hmm. and it is for the California runner or someone in Nebraska, can they contact you or Mm -hmm. can we work with them? Is there a way we can get them to the closest person that might have one? Or is it that far along now that you've helped get it to some different areas of the country now? Yeah, we're getting the 3D motion analysis out there. We also teach a course called Certified Running Gate Analyst. 
So I teach other physical therapists. That's what I was doing out in right. San Francisco. I'm going to Spain teaching next month yeah. and we're, we're teaching these courses all over. So there are people that we can help get you in contact with that use similar methodology where they're looking at runners the same way. And even if they don't have the 3D, they're going to take you through the movement screen. They're going to take yeah. you through some of the evaluation and help you out with that. So yeah, you can definitely contest. We can, I'm sure we can put some yeah, stuff in the show notes. Website, website, contact, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They can kind of get in. It's, it's funny. And you mentioned the world. I mean, New York showed me that. I mean, we had, you know, Spain, French, so many runners who couldn't speak English yeah. come up to our booth and I felt bad, but they knew like just by the words right. free post mm -hmm. and and they were like it's universal it was, runner it was language. this universal runner language and i felt bad that i couldn't communicate with them but rob yeah. was like i think they know like i think yeah. they get it yeah but at the same time new york showed me and even online we have um our a lot of our following about 25 percent of it is overseas so yeah. you see that that's like it's so universal but it's more so I think it's overlooked. People say soccer is a worldwide sport. People right. say basketball. I don't think people give running enough credit because again, people kind of migrate from those sports and especially somebody who wants to stay active. Yeah. They do that. One thing I, I'd love to hear your opinion on too. I mean, and we talk about gain analysis, but if you're okay, I want to yeah. go over some of the PT questions that I get. Yeah. I, I love this aspect of it. I didn't know this, and this is a very stereotypical thing of me, but again, I learned so much from this business. I didn't know, for example, 5Ks had a 60 to 70 or 70 plus age group. Right. What are your thoughts on that as you get older? I personally, I have, we talked about, I have to run seven days a week. I just have right. to. One, mentally, my wife says I'm, I'm right. much nicer. I guess you can say <laughs> yes, when yep. I get it out of the way. It's, yes. It's, we talked about getting that. I, I, I'm a little, I guess, more easily aggravated if I didn't get my run in. Yeah, oh yeah. What advice do you give to breaks to seven day running as you get older? A lot of our audience, we found that niche with a 35 plus market yes. who really need the recovery aspect mm -hmm. of our products. Now that I'm here with you, I'd love to hear your take on that. Right. So we talked about running capacity in the beginning and we said that that's a bucket. But when we teach our courses to other physical therapists, we teach it as almost as a mathematical formula. Okay. And part of that formula, we say multiply it by 20% at the end. Okay. And that 20% is a representative of how much you're doing to keep yourself healthy okay. and to maintain your, your health, because there's a difference between health and fitness. Okay. And I think a lot of runners don't always realize that like being fit, if you finish a marathon and then you're limping for the next month, right. that's not as much health as it is fitness. Right. You, you had great fitness, but you weren't very healthy okay. at the end of it there. So that 20% is how much are you doing to recover? Okay. Are you using the proper nutrition? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you doing your strength training? And the later, as a master's runner now myself here, I don't know if I like the age of when they start master's runners. I think it should be a little later myself. But uh, as a master's runner myself, I find that I have to spend more and more time on that. And what might be 20% of your time should be focused on that. As you get a little more experienced in the sport, that might need to be 25% yeah. or 30%. And you can get a lot of benefit from cross-training. There's a lot of ways. I like that there's these run streaks. Mm -hmm. I like people have those, but I'd like to put like a little asterisk and say like a healthy run streak. Right. Where like how many days have you run without pain? It's like those, uh, you go into a manufacturing place and they have like how many days without an incidence. Mm -hmm. I'd like to, that to be part of those run streaks. Like I've run for 120 days without 
pain or without incidents. It's so funny you mentioned that. So one of our very engaging questions on our group, I just posted, I said, how many days is your run streak? We had 424. One person said 1200 days in a row. Wow. I was like baffled by that. Yeah. Um, but it's funny what you're saying. And we talked about how recently I went to go to John, get some stretches yeah. and things like that. What was fooling me was I would wake up a little bit of pain here and there, mm-hmm. not really stretch so much because my mentality was, and, and, and I'd like your opinion on this, mile two was always way better than mile one right. because your body does naturally loosen up during the run. Yeah. Do you feel like that's such a big fooler in a way? Like that fools people because that's what was fooling me because yeah. I'd be a little tight mile one. Yeah. Mile two, I'm like now in my stride and going and then three is a little better and then it starts getting obviously a little later and later and worse. Then, sure. then I started, but mile one is always usually one of my worst miles. Right. And then two and three, like I said. So can you attest to that? Is that a little bit of a gimmick? Not gimmick, but you know what I mean, right? Like right. It's, it fools you. You think, all right, I'm loose now. Like, like I just got to get through this first yeah. mile. That'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so we actually, we take people through like a runner readiness assessment, which is a type of movement screen. Oh, wow. And we've designed that as a way that you can self-check that. Okay. So for me and for a lot of the runners that we work with, we say, do some of those movements. It's things like, can you do a squat? Can right. you touch toes? And if you can't do those things before you run, maybe you should actually do a little bit more warm up. Mm-hmm. And if it takes you a little bit to get warmed up, that can be normal. Yeah. But if you work on exercises in between runs, or if you work on tailoring your dynamic warm up before you run, you might enjoy that first mile too. Right. And I think you can enjoy that first okay. mile. And I think that can be really helpful with a little bit of specificity. And that's where we really focus. Hey, let's show you what you need to do yeah. because it might be one tweak and it might be do 30 seconds of this before you run. And that first mile doesn't have to hurt anymore. Yeah. And I like your opinion on a couple of things, like I said, because of, of how I know you're someone I really value the opinion because I know you've done studying on this. We also get a lot of runners and, and I want your take on this. I like a fasted run. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like your opinion on this. Um, I, this might be a little bit outside of this this world here, but yeah. I do a fasted run. I can't, I don't know why, I can't have food in my system yeah. and, and run in the morning. If I do, I, I feel very nauseous. Yeah. I hear the opposite. It's like, and it's both. Do you see that a lot too? And I can't, for example, if one of the other reasons I do the early morning, it's perfect because it's like six, seven hours of not eating while I sleep and then go run. There's times, and and I always say this to our audience, I'm not, I wish I could say I do every day, 6 a.m. There are times you have to do 6 p.m. You know what I mean? You just, the way it is, right? Kids, you were talking kids, life. Yeah. But those are my worst days. I hate that because I maybe had had, there's no way from morning to 6 p.m. I didn't eat. Right. Those are my worst times. What is your recommendation? Is there a balance? Are both okay? What do you think? Right. I think uh, the answer is it depends. There's a lot of things to go. And and I think personal factors are one of the biggest things because there might be people that if they run without food, they might feel lightheaded. There's a lot of personal factors. But I think from a pure physiological standpoint, and I'm not a a dietitian or things like that, but I've done a lot of studies and my own personal experiences. If your run is more than 40 to 60 minutes, then you might need oh, yeah. something before because... I'm talking the five right, miles. The five miles or less. Yeah. So when I do my runs, I do a lot of early morning runs when I'm coming back from an injury myself now. But I think that when you go, if you don't have something, you have plenty of onboard fuel right. to get that 40 to 50 minutes or so. Yeah. It can be 
a great way to teach your body to be efficient at using our fat stores because right. we have a ton more energy. We have energy in our muscles, but we have a ton of energy in there. And there's some trains of thought saying that by running it with a fasted run, you're becoming more efficient. The one thing I'll say about that, and some of the studies look at that, the intensity of the run also matters, not just the distance. Okay. If you're doing more intense work, you might need a little bit more carbohydrates or something okay. in the morning to help you with that intensity. Um, a lot of the studies on looking at people fasted running, there's no performance loss if they're doing low intensity. So it's hard for your body to process some of those fats if you're running at a higher intensity. So if you're doing your tempo, you're doing your track workout, eating something a little bit before might be helpful. For my athletes that I coach and I get them before races and things, I tell them they need to eat about 400 calories um, two hours, two to three hours before, and then 20 minutes before, if it's going to be like a longer race or more intense race, Um, I'll have them drink about 50 to 75 calories in a nutrition supplement that is easily digestible. Now we talked, so actually let's come kind of, that brings me to the gate analysis part. When Rob was here, you did, I forget what it was called, but please explain. We talked about marathons. A lot Mm -hmm. of our runners are doing half or full marathons. That's really our niche in terms of why they take our products. Yeah. You showed Rob, we talked about a little bit, this is what was cool about being here and doing gate analysis. We talked about music. Mm-hmm. while you run and you showed Rob to use a certain pitch and beat right. to keep the form. Right. Can you explain that? That was really cool. I'm going to also post a video of that. Cause we have that. Yeah. Rob was, it was hard for him not to laugh. I think cause yeah. it was funny, like come down on, like it was, I felt like we were like in a dance studio for a second, right. but that's how cool this was. Can you explain that? I, and real quick, there's a couple of things I want to get before we have to let you go, but yeah. that was really cool. Can you talk about that real quick? Yeah. So part of the gate analysis, it's great to measure, but can you change something? Can you do something? And the way we do that is we provide what's called an external feedback. So if we just tell you to like squeeze your butt while you run, you're going to be miserable. Like you're going to come back glutosaurus. Like you're, you're going to be so sore. It's not going to be fun at all. You'll hate me. But if we give you something outside of your body to focus on, like a metronome, like a beat, and there is, you can even use Spotify, Spotify, you can set the beats per minute. And if you're listening to music when you run, it'll go. And if you keep that beat, if you're trying to change your form. And so when we're changing somebody's step rate, we call it, or cadence, um, we do that because it actually, by definition, if you're running at the same speed, if you increase the step rate, you shorten your stride a bit, which is shown to be less stress on the body. So it's a simple way of like, you don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to like think about firing this glute or put your foot down or lean. It's really an easy way. And we see a big significant difference in that. And and that's what I love about what you do. It's not so much as telling someone do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. You also give them some tools that can help them to, you know, we talk about, again, about a coach, about giving them to make that, I guess we can kind of call it that muscle memory. Yeah. Thank you so much for time. If, what are some other things, maybe if you feel like I missed that we can talk whether about gate analysis, you know, Omega Project, anything else? No, we, we talked about a lot of great stuff. I, mean, I think the biggest thing is, is if people could start to practice the running mm-hmm. form and understand that it is a skilled sport. I, I think, you know, I've, I've heard this, I don't agree with the statement, but people that can't play sports run and people that can't run fast run long. And, and I don't agree with that statement because I think that running is a very highly skilled mm-hmm. activity. It's a very highly skilled movement. Yeah. And I'd like to change some of that perception and say, we should be practicing their yeah. form. So if there's 
If there's one thing, just being aware of what your form looks like, get some guidance, get some mentorship on that. And if you can start to practice your form a bit, I think you'll really see your enjoyment and your performance and your injuries will all improve the way that you really like it to. Awesome. And we will definitely get your information out there. I think if I don't want to bombard you, but I think it'll be great. I think that we can kind of gauge what people's needs are yeah. and look for Doug and I to do a lot of work together very shortly. So I, I'm so happy I, we met. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for having Thank me you. on. Really appreciate it. Awesome.